Hi there and welcome back to Letters from Your Dog. It is really exciting this month because it is the month of June 2022 at the time of recording this and that means that Letters from Your Dog is an entire year old. I really can't believe it but I really want to say a massive massive thank you for being one of our listeners, for supporting the podcast. Not only does it mean loads to me personally because it's something I'm so passionate about but it also means that we are able to start reaching more and more dogs and their people all over the world so thank you so much for your support. As a celebration, if you are listening in the month of June 2022, we are giving out a free prize every single week with the podcast. So today's prize, if you would like to be in with a chance of winning, it is access to my comprehensive eight-week Puppy Parenting 101 digital training course. It's going to teach you absolutely everything you need to know, puppy. There's loads of support from me as well, group support and individual support as well. So if you have a new puppy, you're getting one soon, or you know someone else who could benefit, to be in with a chance to win, you need to go to the show notes, that's the text underneath this episode, and click on the link to enter. We'll be selecting one winner at random, and if you don't win this week, you might be in with a chance of winning the prize next week, so keep listening. Okay. Parenting your much-loved dog is a relationship like no other. Our dogs are individuals and there is no one-size-fits-all when it comes to training. Hi, I'm Dr Holly Tett, professional dog trainer and clinical psychologist, and each week on Letters from Your Dog, we'll look at understanding specific dog training questions and struggles from your dog's point of view. Thanks for being here. Let's get to the episode. Hi there, and today we're going to be talking about resource guarding. So resource guarding is... A topic that comes up not all the time but pretty regularly and today I'm going to take you through my mnemonic for trying to understand what's happening with resource guarding. So if you do have a dog that's guarding or you're working with a dog that's guarding I hope this will be helpful to share either with your clients or with your friends and family to help you to understand what might be going on with your dog. So the mnemonic that we're going to be going through today is sleep but there's a couple of extra letters so it's L sorry s-l-e-e-p-p okay but before we start i wanted to just begin by explaining what resource guarding is for anyone that's not familiar so this is a big topic um and there's lots that i could say about it but i'm going to try and keep it quite short and sweet today so what resource guarding is as it's known in the canine world anyway is when your dog has something something that they value And perhaps when you go to take it or you go near them when they have it or another animal goes near them when they have it, you see that they're not looking comfortable. So in more minor cases of resource guarding, the dog is first showing signs of discomfort. You might see them standing over something or giving you a hard stare, perhaps licking their lips or yawning when you come close. Signs that we know means the dog is feeling uncomfortable. They're trying to say to you, please back off. I don't like you being so close to my precious resource. Um, If some of those signs are ignored or if the dog is feeling very, very stressed and worried, then you might see some more extreme things. So you might see some growling, some snarling maybe even lunging towards you, air snapping or potentially going to bite you. So resource guarding is a serious thing and it's often something that people are very scared about. 
People usually come to a trainer or behaviourist when they're at the point of the growling and the snapping and the snarling because it is scary and it is threatening. Um, Your dog is saying to you, I feel so uncomfortable right now that I'm having to threaten you because I need you to move away. So they're in a very, very uncomfortable position. But what is really important to understand is that resource guarding in of itself is totally natural and normal. I always joke that we resource guard, which we do. (laughs) So imagine if you were eating and a stranger walked into a restaurant, walked up to you and stuck their hand in your spaghetti and help themselves for a bit you'd probably pull your plate out of the way you might be like hey what are you doing you might be a bit concerned about why they're doing that but chances are you would display some signs of guarding that resource you don't want someone stranger's hands in your dinner what about relationships so if have you ever been in a relationship where maybe your partner's phone is ding 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 and you're thinking who's that who's that? Or maybe you found your partner going through your phone at some point. Maybe not if you have more healthy relationships, but it's possible. Um, You're walking down the street with your partner and you see someone eyeing them up. Some of us might find that funny. Others think, hey, don't look at my partner like that. They're mine. (laughs) So resource guarding is very, very common amongst mammals. And so what your dog is doing is a natural behavior. However, within the house setting or the home setting it is and can be scary and the dog is as I've said telling you that they're feeling uncomfortable so we need to think about how to address that so the dog doesn't feel the need to guard or if they they are they have got a precious resource and when I say a precious resource this could be anything this could be a sock this could be a tissue whatever it is that your dog has decided is precious that's not for us to judge that's their decision so it's not always a big juicy bone or a wonderful toy but it could be things like they're guarding their bed or they're guarding a space in the house perhaps they're guarding a person maybe they're sat on your lap on the sofa and your husband comes in and they growl at him that's a type of guard so there's all kinds of different types but we really want to understand that our dog is feeling uncomfortable they're not being naughty so we need to help them okay so is this something we should try and fix on our own I'm going to say no Um, I think because there is risk here not just physical risk to you or whatever an other animal that's being guarded against but also emotional risk to your dog if your dog is guarding on a daily weekly or even monthly basis that's an awful lot of stress that's going around in their little doggy body and it's stressful for you as well so I would really really recommend getting the help of a force-free professional preferably someone that specializes in aggression or resource guarding cases Okay, now we've got that out of the way, let's go back to our mnemonic, so S-L-E-E-P-P. So these are some of the reasons why a dog might be guarding, and if you are seeing some of those behaviours that suggest that the dog's not 100% comfortable, they haven't escalated to the really risky behaviours yet, but maybe they are body blocking their resource, so standing in front of you or standing in front of their bed, or lip licking, yawning, doing some of those early warning signs that tell us all is not well. So the first reason that dogs might be guarding a resource is scarcity. So let's say you have five dogs in your home and you've only got four beds maybe. And one bed's big, so you think, oh, a couple can go on there. Well, actually, when there's not enough of a resource around, it's natural to want to guard it there's not many of these so I should probably keep hold of this one in case someone else comes and tries to take it from me. 
Exactly the same for food. So often I work with people and we find out the dog's hungry. The dog's not being fed enough. So no wonder they're guarding their food when they do get it because they don't know when the next one's coming. So scarcity is the first one we want to think about. So this could look like absolutely anything at all, but often resource guarding cases can be solved by adding an extra couple of dog beds to a room. And that is a heck of a lot easier than going down a whole behavioural consultation and behavioural plan. So if you're seeing some of these early warning signs, check and see if scarcity is an issue first. Have we got lots of toys available, lots of chews available if we've got dog-to-dog aggression? Actually, are you able to provide attention and focus and working with all of your dogs are you able to give them all a little bit of yourself so really think about how you can stop that scarcity in its tracks okay number two is l so learned response now i want to be very very careful in how i talk about this because when i say that it's a learned response I am not suggesting that resource guarding is simply a behavioural problem. It's a learning problem. That's not what I'm saying. But what happens is when a dog is forced to guard over and over and over again. So let's say every single day they are stealing your shoe that you leave by the front door. Uh, you haven't put it away and you've left it by the front door they steal it every day and every day you creep up to them and they really growl at you and snarl at you and you end up grabbing the shoe and trying to wrestle it out of their mouth or not maybe you try and swap it for some food and you have to very quickly put the food down and snatch the shoe up before they can come back to basically have a go at you what's happening if that happens every single day your dog's brain chemistry is changing So quite literally, the neurons are firing in a different way. So your brain, the dog's brain is experiencing so much stress, which we often refer to as toxic stress, if it's stress compounded day after day after day after day, that their brain very quickly goes to the worst case scenario. So if you imagine it as an image, what starts to happen is certain neural pathways become thicker. And when they become thicker, they become more easily accessible. So when the dog is in any situation that starts to look like that shoe situation, so maybe you accidentally drop the kitchen roll on the floor or something in the kitchen and they immediately go to grab it, because they see that you're about to take it and pick it up. What starts to happen is those neural pathways become the default. So your dog is so stressed and hypervigilant all the time that they start immediately reacting in that way. And you can see the resource guarding start to spread out to different things. So this is something that I've seen quite often. A dog starts by guarding one thing, and then all of a sudden they're guarding lots and lots of different things. So A fear pathway is a really true and real thing that happens in the brain. It happens with people. It happens in trauma cases. So we'll see people being triggered by something um, that makes them think of that scary thing that happened to them, that trauma. And then what starts to happen over time, we'll become hypervigilant about lots and lots of different things. And our world gets much smaller as our anxiety gets much bigger. Dogs are very similar. Okay, the first E is environmental change. So... You may have had a dog that's never really guarded anything and then they have a big environmental change. So maybe you move house or perhaps a member of the family passes away or leaves. 
Maybe there are lots of arguments in the home. All of these things increase anxiety in dogs. And like I just said, when our anxiety level is increased, often we respond to that by wanting to hold very close to things that are important to us. So let's say, in the example I just gave, let's say that um, I broke up with my partner, they left, we've been together for a long time, they left, and... I would look for things in my life that are going to start to make me feel better. So what can I do that is going to help me to feel more safe in that environment? So I might start feeling very jealous if my friends decide to go out with someone other than me because I think, oh, I don't want you to leave as well. So what we start to do is we start to look for ways to make ourselves feel safe. (laughs) Self and safe sound very similar. Um, For a dog, that might look like, actually, I want to keep this bed all to myself, or I want to keep this bone all to myself, or my food bowl all to myself. So if you're getting sudden resource guarding, of course, with any kind of sudden aggression, we always want to check physical health first, but also look and see if there's environmental changes that might account for some of what your dog is experiencing. Okay, the second E, evolutionarily adaptive trait. So that's a big mouthful of a word. I just wanted another word that began with E. No, I'm joking. (laughs) But this takes back to what I said at the beginning. So essentially, guarding is normal. In evolutionary terms, we are genetically programmed to protect our resources, to protect the things that make us feel safe and that keep us alive. So a lot of resource guarding cases are food-based. So dogs that are guarding against food from humans, from other dogs, maybe they're grabbing stuff in the street and getting very upset when you try to take it off them. That's simply because food keeps us alive (laughs) so it makes sense that we are prone to guard things like that so there's lots of things that we can do when a dog is young or even later in life that can help them to feel more comfortable when we're in the presence of their food but just remember that we are literally genetically designed to guard our resources food is just one of those things but there's a reason why resource guarding happens with food in more cases than not okay Next P, second to last letter. So that is pain. So this is an interesting one because we wouldn't say that when a dog is in pain, they there's a direct link between guarding their resources more often. But if you think back to the letter E, thinking about environmental change, well, what does pain do? Pain increases anxiety in a lot of cases. If we feel sore and in pain, we feel more anxious. And if we feel more anxious, we try to control more in our environment. And if we try to control more in our our environment, then we're more likely to start to guard some of our things. So anecdotally, I haven't done research on this, but I have seen lots of cases where dogs have begun guarding when they haven't before and on upon further examination there is a pain element in there as well so definitely something to consider if you're getting a sudden guarder and the last one is punishment history so if your puppy has stolen your shoe or your dog has stolen your shoe from the front door every day for the last month and you have stomped after them angrily grabbed them by the collar and said drop it or no don't take my shoe well 
what's the message that we're giving there? Firstly, that we aren't being very kind, I would say. Secondly, that we probably need to put our shoes away. <laughs> That's not a message though. <laughs> um, secondly, thinking about, well, the message that I'm giving my dog there is actually that I'm angry with them, that I'm upset with them, that this isn't a safe interaction. So therefore, my dog is likely to be frightened of me potentially and more likely to guard the resource. Secondly, we're essentially saying this is a very precious resource, this shoe. Whenever you take it, I come and grab it from you. So actually, the dog's probably thinking, you know what, this must be something really special. I'm going to keep a hold of it. And you can see that's not necessarily like a cognitive decision-making process that that dog would make. But you can see how resources appear more valuable when someone else is making a big fuss over them, essentially. So this is why we always say with young dogs who love stealing our things, if you can leave them to it and not chase after them, fantastic. So if it is something like a kitchen roll holder, you don't need to go and grab that out of that puppy's mouth necessarily, unless they're choking on it, of course. So just let them have it. Far better than chasing them down, grabbing them in the corner and forcing it out of their mouth. Okay, so punishment history is just something to bear in mind. Even if you aren't the kind of person that would be really harsh towards your dog, you might have stomped along, you might have done a big exhale, you might have towered over them, you might have grabbed their collar. So just something to bear in mind that we're not always aware of how harsh we appear sometimes. Okay, so... In terms of what to do to help with resource guarding, I, as I said at the beginning, I don't think this is something that you should tackle on your own unless you are an experienced professional. I would recommend getting some support with this. But I'm just going to run you through my top few things of what not to do because I think this can certainly exacerbate the problem and make it worse. So this isn't an exhaustive list, but these are the things I see given as advice most often that I think, oh my gosh, no, definitely don't do that. <laughs> Okay, so the first one is ignoring the body language. So you may not be a body language expert, but you will know the signs that your dog is feeling uncomfortable. We spoke about some of them at the beginning. So things like ears going back, tail tucking under, yawning, lip licking, tight facial expression, tight body language, different carriage of the tail, all these kinds of things and many more. Don't ignore that. If your dog is giving you that body language, they are telling you they're not feeling comfortable. So listen to it. Back off. Reevaluate the situation. Think about what you're going to do to get that resource back, whatever it might look like. Get the help of a trainer, but don't stand there forcing them to escalate their body language to the growls and the snaps and the bites, essentially, if possible. So I know sometimes the dog might have something dangerous and that's slightly different, but if it is something that's not going to hurt them, then try and back away if you possibly can. Please don't stick your hand onto the resource. So a lot of um, um, advice online for dogs that guard their food bowl is to stick your hand in the food bowl, pick the food up, um, all that kind of thing. Well, the example I gave at the beginning of me um, eating in a restaurant and someone sticking their hand in my spaghetti should give you a little bit of a clue as to why that isn't a good idea. That's incredibly threatening and can really make things much, much worse. Don't touch the dog. So you don't need to stroke them. You don't need to assert dominance over them. You just, you don't need to do any of this stuff. This is not going to help. Again, imagine if you were really, really anxious and you had something very, very precious in your hands and someone came up and started stroking the top of your head. Would you feel comfortable? Probably not, right? Okay. And the last thing, 
don't keep doing the same thing hoping for a different outcome <laughs> I think that's actually um, I can't remember who said it but the definition of uh, insanity apparently um, so you really really don't want to keep having this guarding situation so in the shoe situation just put your shoes away don't keep putting that dog in that sticky situation if your dog is constantly rowing with your other dog over toys get rid of the toys off of the floor for now play with them separately until you can get some help so don't keep putting yourself and your dog into that situation because it's just going to be stressful and overwhelming for everyone Okay, so just a little recap on sleep. So S for scarcity, L for learned response, E for environmental change, E for evolutionarily adaptive trait, P for pain and P for punishment history. So I hope that's helpful just to think a little bit about how we can understand resource guarding. If you have got a dog that's guarding, um, I know it's not easy. I've been in this position before. So do get some help and some support with that. And I will speak to you soon. Take care. Just before you head off to carry on with your day, don't forget that if you want to be in with a chance to win that full access to Puppy Parenting 101, my eight-week puppy program, go to the show notes, click the link to submit your entry, and we will select someone at random and be in touch if you are our winner. Whilst you're here as well, don't forget that it's not too late to register for the workshop series that I'm doing with Andy Hale and Laura Donaldson. It's called Know You Know Your Dog, and we're exploring safety, creating safety for dogs, creating freedom, and creating connection. We had our first workshop at the end of May. It was incredible. So many fascinating insights to think about, to learn about, and to implement with your dog. So if you would like to join us for workshops two and three, or in fact all of them, because you can still get the recording for the first workshop do click the link in the show notes and look forward to seeing you there take care